Good morning and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Ray, good morning. It's great to be here. Good Sunday morning, Phil, and it's great to be with you this morning. And I'd like to say a special hello also to attorney Michael Coleman. Mike, thanks for being with us. Good morning. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about a number of things today, ladies and gentlemen. But first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for listening every week to MoneyWise. Our mission, as we talk about all the time, is to show you different ways that you can use to help protect your family and protect your money. And because of your strong support and listening to this show every week, we're pleased to announce that we're now the number one most listened to radio show on the weekend at WBSM. Thank you for making this possible. We appreciate it. Congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. We're thrilled. We're pleased. And we don't always hear from people, but every once in a while I'll bump into somebody in the street and they'll say, oh, I listen to your show every week, and that's great. So we're going to try to say hello to um, a special few folks this morning. Uh, including to one of my dear old friends, Aggie Rose. Aggie Rose is a wonderful gentleman from New Bedford. Uh, He visits Nantucket quite occasionally, and this is one of the nicest gentlemen I've ever met in my life. And it's such a pleasure to watch him smile. Phil, he has a smile as great as your smile. That's great. Uh, Say hello to Aggie Rose, everybody. Hey, Aggie. Hello. Hi, Aggie. Wonderful guy. I told him I'd say hello to him this morning. I saw him recently in the office. (laughs) <laughs> Super guy. Awesome. I'm going to start this morning, Phil, by talking a little bit about some uh, quotations. Um, and by the way, we spend time looking for quotations and researching them, and sometimes people give me some information. I'd like to give you some information from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He didn't have a very long life, but he sure accomplished a lot in this country. And one of the things he wrote once is, the test of our progress is not whether we add more to the abundance of those who have much, it is whether we provide enough for those who have little. Hmm. And I thought that's a great sentiment from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. So this morning we're going to be talking about Medicare because we have now begun the period every year in this country called the Medicare Open Enrollment Period. And a lot of people are confused about that and what it means. A lot of people confuse Medicare with Medicaid. And we think it's important at least once a year to remind people about that. But the first thing I'd like to do is to give you some important tips and uh, comments on what's happening in the economy. You know, it's so easy to talk about the economy these days because you pick up a newspaper, you pick up the Wall Street Journal, there's articles coming at you online. But uh, I mentioned a week or two ago about the fact that for the first time in the history of this country, the Treasury sold Treasury bonds, 90-day Treasury bonds, at 0% interest. Now, that was kind of shocking enough by itself, but there's a very recent article just a week ago, actually not quite a week ago, in the Wall Street Journal that tells how much of those uh, zero coupons, 0% interest bonds were actually sold. 1.17 trillion bonds were sold at 0% interest. There's actually a discussion taking place now that it's potentially possible that bonds could be sold at less than a zero rate. And by the way, they've done that in Japan in the past. Japan's economy has been really in the doldrums for well over 10 years. And our economy has not been doing well since about 2008 and 2009. 
But basically, this article says investors are handling handling excuse me the federal government a lot of free money, and the, it says the pile of treasury bills sold at the interest rate of zero since the beginning of the financial crisis has just recently topped the $1 trillion mark. And on the surface, it says it makes no sense for investors to lend their cash free of charge, but when interest rates are near zero, uh, this is sometimes what happens. And one of the uh, economists says, it's absolutely weird. This is the world that we are living in right now. So I'm going to pass over that article, but right below that article talking about uh, zero interest bonds being sold, 90-day bonds. There was an article called The Risks from Overseas Are Bigger This Time. And we've all heard stories about what's happening in the Asian economy and the Russian debt crisis and what's happened in Greece. But this time, uh, today's economy overseas is going to have a potentially bigger impact in uh, what happens in our economy. Now, I don't want to create the impression I'm giving just negative news because I'm not. There are some positive signs out there. Um, unfortunately, we do have some negative things to talk about. And today we're going to focus on Medicare. And I want to talk a little bit about what Medicare is and what it's not. And I want to talk about the open enrollment period. But there's a very important series of articles that's been in the news in the last couple of weeks. And I suspect many folks listening have heard about the fact that Medicare rates are set to soar. Recently, and this is just in the last week, in the last 10 days, in the last four or five days, there have been articles in the um, Wall Street Journal and several of the other financial journals talking about the fact that Medicare premiums right now will go up a significant amount unless Congress does something significantly to act to make sure that doesn't happen. Now, is that is that something that, that was set to happen anyway, or does that have something to do with the economy? It has partly to do with the economy. It has to do with the fact that, for example, Mike, we're not going to see an increase in Social Security uh, retirement income this coming year. Mm -hmm. Social Security has announced that, and that in turn is going to trigger off Medicare costs. You know, we know that Social Security costs our country a lot of money, but the cost of Medicare is going to surpass the cost of Social Security before mm -hmm. much longer. Why? Because healthcare costs are rising dramatically. So here's a recent article um, from the Wall Street Journal um, just within the past week. Medicare rates set to soar. Unless Congress acts, premiums for Part B program could rise as much as 52% wow. for some seniors. Mm. And it's going to impact a lot of people. Right now, congressional lawmakers have failed to agree on a method for holding off this unprecedented premium increase for millions of Medicare recipients. And this will be in 2016. It would start on January 1st. So if you're looking at potentially a 50% increase in your Medicare premiums, mm. that's going to impact anybody who's on fixed income who really can't afford it. Mm. And I want to give a little bit more detail about that. And what it says is about 30% of the 52 million people who are currently enrolled in it. So 52 million people in this country right now are enrolled in Medicare Part B, and about 30% of that number um, may expect to see a 52% rise in the premiums unless Congress and the Obama administration get together um, or they find a way to freeze the rates as exactly they are right now. But that's going to have a further impact on our economy, isn't it? Is there any indication as to who that 30% is? 
Yes, uh, there is. Um, and, and by the way, before I answer that particular question, uh, it's going to impact um, a lot of people. I'm going to mention that specifically, but it's going to impact state budgets if this happens as well, because if the rates are frozen, then it's predicted that state budgets are going to have to increase their cost of health insurance. So it's not just the federal government costs that are involved, but state benefits as well. So the premium increase would affect about 9 million lower-income Medicare beneficiaries whose premiums are paid for by the state. That's one segment. So if you happen to be a Medicare beneficiary and your premiums are paid by the state that you live in, you can probably expect an increase in your Medicare uh, cost. Also, new beneficiaries, uh, beneficiaries who have higher incomes, and Medicare recipients who don't receive Social Security. Um, all those particular groups are going to be uh, hit and impacted by this increase. So, for example, the standard Part B premium right now would rise about $55 a month or about $650 a year. Mm. Now, that might not sound like a lot of money, well, it is. but it's going to impact a lot of people. So one of the things you need to do is to really be very um, cautious about uh, what you're doing, make sure you're reading all these stories in the newspapers and keeping informed. Check with our office if you want. Um, quick reminder, our show every week, Money Wise, is brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And you can call us anytime for information at 508-998-8858. So we're going to be paying attention to that. So I decided, um, Mike and Phil, it would be an interesting idea to see if anybody has given us any quotations on Medicare. Yeah. Guess what? There are. Did you ever hear of Kinky Friedman? Of course. Well, Kinky Friedman said, I'm too young for Medicare and too old for women to care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want that said about me. Do you, Phil? <laughs> not from Kinky. <laughs> no, not from Kinky. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, most of the quotations about Medicare are from serious politicians or politicians who think that they're serious. Yeah, right. But it's a political football. It's, it's a political issue. And um, we know that Medicare is set to go bankrupt in 2024 with no actions, and Social Security is set to be insolvent by 2037. These programs have grown too big, mm -hmm. and the cost of managing health care in this country has grown too large. And the expenses keep going up. I'm sure it has something to do with the larger number of retired people and older people. It does that for sure. But if you think about the growth of health care in general, uh, we're going to talk about some ways to uh, potentially avoid this big hike in Medicare premium. And we hope it doesn't happen, by the way. But right now there's nothing that's out there that says that it's not going to happen. And it will happen on January 1st unless our elected officials take action to make sure it doesn't. And I guess people won't know if they're going to fall in that 30% until it happens. There's no way to find out in advance. Nope, that's uh, absolutely correct, except to stay tuned and keep listening, and we'll keep our listeners informed, certainly, about what happens. So, uh, Mike, we're talking with attorney Michael Coleman this morning. Um, you do a lot of work in the area of estate planning, I know. I do, yep. And uh, do you do work in the area of Medicaid planning as We do. Well? Yeah, we have clients that come in and um, are thinking about nursing home care, possibly, and uh, Medicaid is a program that provides long-term care um, benefits. So if someone has to go into a nursing home, 
they have to do certain things, uh, spend down some money, um, but eventually they can apply for Medicaid and potentially get long-term care benefits. Mm-hmm. And um, do you have people who ask you questions sometimes about Medicare also? Yeah, people are sometimes confused about Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, they sort of use the two terms interchangeably, but they are different. Uh, Medicare is more like health insurance, is what we like to say, and then Medicaid, as I said, is a long-term care insurance. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good example. And I know that you and also Attorney Tenny Lance get involved in uh, advising people on what to do with protecting their assets if somebody has to go into a nursing home, don't we you? We do. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things to consider. There's what's called a five-year look-back period. So anything you do within five years of having to go into that nursing home could potentially affect your ability to get Medicaid benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certainly some things that can be done the week or months before someone has to go into a nursing home. So we do that as well. Right. And I know that, uh, as we know, that Medicare is different from Medicaid. And as you said, think of Medicaid as something for long-term care primarily, uh, such as a nursing home. Medicare is more for your health insurance. Mm -hmm. But sometimes um, I know advice is given to tell people to apply for Medicare benefits if you're in the hospital, for example. And I think there's a rule, for example, if you go in the hospital for a certain number of days. You have to be admitted for three nights. Uh, you can't be on observation status. You have to be admitted to the hospital. So one of the things we always say is make sure you get admitted because otherwise you won't be eligible to be on Medicare benefits. And there's a difference between being admitted to the hospital versus being there for Just observation. Observation or status, right. And I guess you could still be in a hospital for some period of days, but not necessarily be admitted. Is that correct? Right. I think uh, the trend now is to keep people on observation status rather than having them admitted, unfortunately. So we always like to tell clients or potential clients to make sure you get admitted to the hospital if you're in there for any long period of time. Okay, well, I know you've got this little publication that I'm looking along with you as well on on page 14. Um, This comes out of some software that exists in the office, and it's called Medicare Parts A and B. And this is a little boring as a topic in general, but it's it's vitally important to uh, anyone who is in a hospital or has to go into a hospital and may go from there directly into a nursing home. So, again, the first test, the first important thing you've pointed out is that they have to be admitted to the hospital. I'm looking at this information on page 14, and what it says is that if you go from a hospital and you've been in the hospital for three nights, and it can be uh, a semi-private room, for example, or general nursing, and then you transfer directly from there into a nursing home, then you have the possibility that the Medicare program could pay for part of the nursing home cost. It's not, a, it's not a lengthy thing, but there is some benefit there, correct? There is some, yes. But um, if the expectation is that you're going to be or someone's going to be in a nursing home for a long period of time, they will eventually have to apply for Medicaid unless right. they can privately pay, which is very expensive. But one of the one of the objects would be to try to have them qualify for as much Medicare right. benefit as possible. Right. And that might give the family an opportunity to to do more planning, for example, on how to protect assets that exactly. would otherwise go to a nursing home. Right. I mean, hopefully you won't be in the in the nursing home for more than 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the case arises where someone is, then, yep, Medicare would run out at that point. But it certainly is available for some period of time. True. 
So maybe you can help me interpret some of the rules a little bit. I'll, I'll try to uh, extract some of this information as well. Um, basically, there's um, a, approximately a 90-day period, and for the first 60 days, Medicare could pay everything, potentially, except for the first $1,260. So it's a little bit, there is a bit of a deduction there, but then potentially for the first two months in a nursing home, you could have Medicare pay for part of your cost of the long-term care facility, the nursing home. Again, you have to have been admitted to the hospital for three nights first, and then I think you have to transfer directly from there into the nursing home. You can't go home first, for example, and then say, well, I think I have to go to a nursing home after all. So the rules are complicated, um, and then there's a deduction for the next small period of time after that. But by and large, Medicare Parts A and B are designed to cover cost of health care, hospitalization, uh, doctor bills, hospice care, things of that nature. And the rules are very, very complicated. So if you have someone in your family who might need to have hospice care, um, Mike, you and I just met um, before we did this program today. We met somebody who was a hospice nurse um, who was right here at the station. We were talking to her a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she said she's been doing that kind of business for a little over a year. Right. And I said, it must be tough duty. She said, yes, it is. But you know, it gets to you every once in a while, and you need to take a break. Right. I would yeah. think that would be a, t a tough occupation to be involved oh, in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I could see it from two different perspectives. You're watching someone pass away, but at the same time, hopefully you can bring some uh, goodness to their life before, yeah, some they, relief. before they pass. You know, my father died at a fairly young age. He was 73 when he passed away, and uh, talked about him before because obviously he was a major influence in my life, and he was a rough, tough Marine who didn't think smoking would bother him or drinking alcohol would bother him and those kinds of things. And, you know, he was a Marine. He could be tough. But he died very young at the age of 73. In the end of his life, he went through hospice care. And he had hospice care at home. Um, and they do some really wonderful things. It can be another alternative to spending the last part of your days in a hospital or a nursing home. Mm -hmm. um, we had somebody who lives... Um, near where I live in my own neighborhood who just died this past week. And he was in a nursing home because he had cancer. But at the end of his life, he chose specifically to go home and end up his life in his own home. Mm -hmm. And he had hospice workers come in. So they do good work. Yeah. But the rules about what kind of benefits you might derive from Medicare, um, you can get benefits from hospice care. Uh, as much as two 90-day periods and one 30-day period. And if anyone is in that kind of a situation or family member, get in touch with Mike or get in touch with me, and we'd be happy to give you more particular information, printed reports, and so forth. So the Medicare program is very, very important for all of us. Um, it's something we have to think about. We do have concerns about Medicare rates going up. So far, Congress has not acted or they have not acted in concert with the president, and we want to be uh, mindful of that. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that um, other parts of Medicare cover. Medicare Parts A and B cover all kinds of things, everything from blood tests, medical services, doctor services, outpatient medical services, uh, some home care. Um, but then we get into other forms of Medicare that people will pick up, and Medicare C, for example, and Medicare Part D. Um, 
And these are very important parts of Medicare as well. I'd like to mention also we have a very important organization in our community that provides uh, free services for what types of Medicare supplement plans you might be uh, looking at. It's called the SHINE program. Um, we were not able to get a SHINE counselor on the program with us this morning, um, but they provide a wonderful organization. And if you contact any senior center, um, New Bedford, Dartmouth, any place where you're listening, chances are they're going to be able to refer you to a SHINE counselor or actually make an appointment for you to have an, an interview with a SHINE counselor because right now we are in this period called Medicare Open Enrollment. And I'll give you the exact dates on that in a minute. I know it began on October 17th, and it goes until, well, I'll find the exact date in just a moment. The open enrollment period is a very important period. Let's say somebody like myself, for example, I am a Medicare recipient. I have it deducted from my Social Security check. Every single year, I make it a point, actually, I delegate it to my wife. Uh, I make it a point to delegate to my wife <laughs> and ask her to go and check our plans because the Medicare supplement plans that you have or you should have, um, there are many different companies that offer them. They change their benefits every single year. Hmm. And you owe it to yourself and to your family to investigate whether there might be a better plan for you to be in this year even than the plan that you're in right now. It might be cheaper for you. You might have better benefits. So every single person listening today who's receiving Medicare benefits, you're over 65 typically, you, you really ought to get involved with a shine counselor every year and you ought to compare your benefits. Have you seen all the ads on television? Oh, yes. Uh, have you seen all the ads on the radio, heard of the ads on the radio? And every time you go into a drugstore, every drugstore has their own Medicare program that they're pushing. Uh, let's see. Is that the Fonz? No, the Fonz is reverse mortgages, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, Fred uh, Thompson, oh, he's reverse mortgages too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, One we of do... the Smothers Brothers, but he's something else too. <laughs> oh, who is it that I saw recently? Um, Pat Boone. I saw Pat Boone on television the other night. I think he was talking about a Medicare supplement plan. Yeah. He didn't look like his old self. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there. I'm not sure how he sounds anymore. He must be 80 by now, I would think. Oh, at least. So, But you know, your voice doesn't go when you get older, Phil. Oh, I know it. I know it. I used to have him on my show quite regularly. Did you really? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I have to say that when I grew up um, in high school, Pat Boone was a big star, and that was part of our music at that point. <laughs> you ever hear of April Love, Michael? Huh? No, unfortunately uh -huh. not. <laughs> he was a musician or an actor? He was a singer. Oh, okay. Big singer. And he acted. He, oh, okay. he did a few uh, movies, whatnot. Yeah. Yep. No, he, had a, he had a long period of success in this country. But now I saw him promoting an ad. I think it was an ad for a Medicare supplement program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is a time of year when you're going to get bombarded with things in the mail. You're going to see the ads on the television. It's for a reason. They want your money. They want to have you switch to another company. But the best way to get a true picture on what's the best for you in terms of both benefits and in terms of the cost is to compare. And the best way to compare is to go see a shine counselor. And if so, your benefits do change, does the insurance company have an obligation to let you know, or is that no, no? Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I take that back. They would probably have to show you what the benefits are, but 
you know, it's sort of like your car insurance policy. Do you ever really sit down and read your car insurance mm. policy? Yeah. Or your life insurance policy? You typically don't do that with a Medicare plan either, and it's it's confusing. Mm-hmm. So get some benefits, but um, Medicare C um, is uh, was created in 1965. Part B is what most people are interested in, which is the uh, medical insurance, and it's a fee-for-service program. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Medicare Part D program for prescription drugs, and that's a very important thing that everybody should have and everybody should look at. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you how you pay for Medicare. You either pay out of pocket and you write a check or it comes out of your Social Security check. We'll come back in, in a moment and talk about that. But right now you're listening to USA Wealth Group, and this is our annual report on Medicare. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with a lot more useful information for you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for making this show number one rated Sunday morning show, Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. Great information during the first part. Well, thanks very much. We're going to get into Medicare Part D in a minute, prescription drug coverage. And even if you're not old enough to receive Medicare benefits at some point, hopefully you will be. And so what happens in the Medicare world is important to you. You know, there are a lot of commentators over the years, uh, Phil and Mike. We're here with uh, our dear friend Phil Paleologus and uh, attorney Michael Coleman from Lance Law, Inc. Hello. And um, there are a lot of interesting quotations. Some of them are straightforward and some of them are interesting. Phil, have you ever heard of Al Franken? Of course, I interviewed Al Franken, especially uh, after his days at SNL. Hmm. He used to be a great comedy writer. He was a great comedy writer. Uh, He was on Saturday Night Live. He was a great comedian. And now he has a different profession. He's a politician. Oh, yeah. Well, more importantly than that, he's a United States senator. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. So it just goes to show you that actors can become presidents and... (laughs) <laughs> Comics can become senators. <laughs> I mean, what's this world coming to? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, th- th- these folks are all really smart, hardworking people. Sure. So I want to share with you a quotation from Al Franken. If Republicans eliminate Medicare, America will become a country in which you can never retire. And once you physically can no longer work, you are desperately poor until you die. So the Medicare program is very important. You know, we, we can complain about the cost of government and the cost of social programs, but some of these programs, I mean, people literally could not survive. As it is, we have a high incidence of poverty and unemployment and homelessness. We have a number of social ills and problems in this country. And Al Franken also said the Medicare Part D prescription drug bill, which we're going to talk about in a moment, which might be the most corrupt piece of legislation in history— was a huge giveaway of taxpayer funds to the big pharmaceutical companies. Hmm. Medicare Part D prescription. You know, one of the real problems we have, and I I will socialize here for a minute or or proselytize or preach or whatever the right word is, Um, we have a very unusual problem with the big drug companies in this country. Um, And the reason that we have such high medical bills is largely in part to the fact that we pay so much for prescription medicine. And the argument from the big drug companies is that, well, we need to recoup all the billions of dollars we spend on research and development. And if we don't have those 
profits to do that with, then we couldn't afford to do research and development and create the new drugs. And I suspect there's some truth in part of that, but the fact is the same drugs that we pay for in America are sold in Canada and Europe, the exact identical drugs for a tiny fraction of the cost of what we pay in this country. So why couldn't that cost be apportioned more equally to Canada and some of the other countries? And I think the real reason is because of the drug lobbying industry oh, in sure. Washington, D.C. Absolutely. They're, just talk uh, to Al Franken. <laughs> just talk to Al Franken. Well, they make uh, the lobbyists for the drug companies make very large political contributions to the politicians yeah. who are now beholden to the big drug companies. Mm -hmm. And so we pay the price in this country and our medical costs keep going up. Sure. And a lot of the research that these drug companies say they pay for are done at universities that public funds go into. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <laughs> well, we, it's, we lose on both ends. <laughs> We're actually paying for the research, and they're getting the rewards. If you think of a big circle of researchers and politicians, so you'll have a researcher standing next to a politician, uh, next to a lobbyist, <laughs> and they're all in a big circle, and everybody's got their hands in somebody else's pocket. Mm. Yeah. That's the drug industry in this country today, unfortunately. So that's my editorializing for today. <laughs> I won't. Uh, I don't usually editorialize uh, very much, but um, why is it that the drugs are cheaper in Canada or Europe? I don't know if you know the answer to that, but I don't know the ex the answer exactly, except that they probably don't have the same lobbying, political lobbying impacts on the uh, Canadian uh, politicians that we do in this country. Oh, that's I mean, for sure. It's a big, massive industry. The lobbying industry in Washington. D Washington, D.C. is huge. So I imagine well, Americans go up to Canada to buy drugs up there, correct? I, I think that has happened. I think that oh, yeah. has happened before. Yep. Mail orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mail oh, okay. orders. Right. But the uh, Canadian government also buys in huge bulk, so they get a, a big discount. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why don't we? Well, we have to keep asking the questions. Uh, Rick Perry uh, from Texas, who just dropped out of the presidential race, uh, said once, I think every program needs to stay in the sunshine of righteous scrutiny, whether it's Social Security, whether it's Medicaid, or whether it's Medicare. So a lot of politicians over the years have chimed in on Medicare, and I think rightfully so. By the way, we have a new uh, prime minister elect to be in the country of Canada, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Trudeau. Trudeau. Yeah. Uh, is it Victor, I think, is his first name? I forget it in his first name. All I can I just think read of it. is Pierre, his father, well, Pierre Trudeau. his father Trudeau. was Pierre Trudeau, yeah. and then Pierre Trudeau, who was very popular, was uh, voted out of office because they changed the political structure, uh, and the conservatives elected Mr. Harper, and he's been there for 10 years, and then this is a, considered a major upset oh, in yeah. Canada. The liberals are back in power. Liberals in Canada are back in power, and it's going to be interesting to see what you know, our next-door neighbor takes uh, for uh, political decisions. Well, you know, we, we learn as we get older. We learn about uh, Medicare. We're going to talk about that. But um, somebody once said, to be old and wise, you must first be young and stupid. <laughs> See, that was George Bush, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he said, when I was young and foolish, I was young and foolish, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember. Well, let's talk about Medicare Part D, uh, Michael. And my reference for this is on page 19, so we can be on the same page. 
Medicare Part D is the prescription drug coverage. Everybody ought to have it. The one thing you can't afford in this country is prescription drugs. Um, everything is a lot more costly today. And the best time to enroll in Medicare Part D is when you first sign up for Medicare in the first place. By the way, I'm not going to get into detail today on the rules of when you must sign up for Medicare, but don't overlook when you sign up for Medicare. You can sign up before you reach 65. You've got a few months before and you've got a few months after. If you don't sign up for Medicare on time when you're supposed to, then you will pay a penalty and the cost of your Medicare insurance for the rest of your life. Do not ignore the age 65 date. Go down to your senior counsel center, see us. We'll be happy to show you how to do it. You can do it on the computer. You can do it online. You can do it on mail. There's so many ways you can do it. Just don't ignore it. Um, and, and frankly, it's a better form of insurance for most people to have anyway when you reach 65. And then what you do is you want to make sure you have appropriate supplemental coverage after that which again is going to be typically cheaper than what you've been paying during your lifetime for your regular health insurance. So Medicare is a very, very important program. We are in the open enrollment period, and uh, you must do that now. But Do all physicians have to accept Medicare? Um, you know, I don't really know the answer to that question. This um, is what I'm wondering, whether or not there are some who can say, oh, I'm sorry, the way they do with some insurance policies, they say, well, we only accept so, you know, this or that. I know the insurance programs can be different. Yeah. I, I don't think they can refuse the government program, but I'm not positive of an answer on that, and I'll get you an answer on that yeah. question. Yeah. You were saying something recently that was so uh, just exciting to hear, Ray, and that is from 62 – you can open and suspend your Social Security account. And when I told somebody this, they said, repeat that one more time. And I yes. said, I will get the, uh, the alpha and the omega on this from Ray Lance. Nobody has ever come out with this except you. It's a fairly recent strategy that I learned about um, as a result of my going to take some advanced study courses with people that I regard as real experts. Uh, they work for a company out of um, Scottsdale, Arizona called Anexus. Anexus has done some brilliant design work for indexed universal life insurance and indexed, universe, indexed annuity products. Um, and in the process of designing these wonderful products for annuities, for example, this company, Nexus has hired as a full-time gentleman a guy named Rex Vodelin, V-O-G-E-T-E-L-I-N. It's a difficult spelling. I've now been to three separate training sessions with him, and he gives us about an inch-thick booklet um, each time, and it's different. And we have like 15 different chapters on Social Security claiming strategies and how to get the best benefits and one of the ones he talked about recently um, is let's say you're 62 years old and you don't want to collect Social Security right now because you're going to collect 25% less than the amount you would collect at age 66. And by the way, if you can wait from 66 to 70, you'll collect 32% higher than age 66 amount. Generally, the longer you can wait, the better. But what happens if you said, you know, no, I'm not going to collect at age 62. I'm still working um, 
And, but I'm concerned about the health in my family. I have a history in my family of having breast cancer. I have a history in my family of the men dying young or whatever it happens to be. And so I'm afraid that if I wait until age 66 or if I wait until age 68 and all of a sudden I have some illness that I'm not going to recover from, I will have lost the opportunity to collect six years or eight years of Social Security benefits. Well, what you can do instead is a strategy, and I'm recommending this to every single person, as is my friend Rex Vodelin, and I've had some wonderful one-on-one conversations with him as well, that at age 62, you apply for Social Security and suspend. So it's called apply and suspend. Hmm. Apply and suspend. Right. And then here's what happens. So you don't really want the money. You apply and suspend at age 62. You don't really want to take the money right now because you want your your general account to continue to accumulate to a larger amount that you can collect at a later age. But then at age 65 or age 68, all of a sudden something happens to you physically and you no longer have a long life expectancy. What you can do now is you can activate the Social Security account and everything, let's say it's age 68 that you decide to do this, you can go back from age 62 up to age 68 and collect as a lump sum, a lump sum, all the benefits that you would not have received during that time period. Incredible. Now, it does not mean that at age 68, you're now going to start collecting at the higher amount that you would normally collect at age 68. You're going to be collecting at the amount that you would have started at age 62. But if you don't have a long life expectancy at age 68, you're going to be able to collect back to benefit your family Mm -hmm. everything you would have collected between age 62 and age 68 at the age 62 rate. Mm -hmm. But that's thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, absolutely. And what if it's $15,000 a year times six years? That's $90,000 as a lump sum check. That's that's why I'm saying this is just amazing information. It was an eye-opener for me as well, and I just felt so excited about it that every time I have a chance, I tell people about this. And And you can do this at age 64, 65, correct? It doesn't have to be 62. you could. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. It's a very good question. So let's say you didn't do it at 62 and you're now 64 years old and you say, well, does it apply to me right now? Because I'm not ready to collect, but I'm 64. You can still at age 63, age 64, age 65, you can go in and file and suspend. Mm -hmm. And then if you become ill a few years later, you can just collect that lump sum amount. And you get the higher rate. And you get the higher rate. And if you stay ill for four, five, six years, do you, does it still apply or is there some kind of Number one, time limit? That's a, that's a good question, too. Number one, you'd get the lump sum, first of all, to catch you up to that particular age at the earlier rate. And then you would just continue to collect at your regular rate at that age when you activated, uh, when you originally had filed and suspended. I recommend folks listening, you call Ray Lance at the office, get the particulars, have Ray consult with you because this is huge information. Yeah, I'll give one of the quick little social security tip. I mentioned this before. This is also an eye-opener, and they won't necessarily tell you this at the local social security office. In Massachusetts, and Mike, you and I have had this conversation Um, We don't recognize common law marriage in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I know lots of people who have been living together for 15 years, 16 years. They merge their budgets, their lifestyles. They hold themselves out as if they're married, but they're not married. They choose not to be married. Mm -hmm. But we don't recognize common law marriage in Massachusetts as a legal concept, and you confirmed that for me, Mike. Right. And yet 
for Social Security purposes, even though we don't recognize common law marriage in Massachusetts, you can still apply for all the same spousal Social Security benefits as if you were a married couple. And so think of same-sex couples who live together and for whatever reasons uh, have sure. chosen never to get, in, get, in, get married. Now we recognize uh, same-sex marriages. Well, guess what? Same-sex couples living together, holding themselves out as a couple, um, they'll be treated for Social Security purposes as if they're in a common-law marriage and they can collect benefits from each other. That's brand new. Uh, or it's, it's actually been around for a while, but it's brand new people's understanding of that concept. So some really interesting things you can do. The other thing I wanted to ask you or mention is that sometimes we hear people say that they have to start collecting Social Security at age 65 when they apply for uh, Medicare. That's not necessarily the case, is it? Big mistake. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good question also. No, a lot of people think, well... If I'm going to collect Medicare at age 65 and I have to do that, I have to sign up for Social Security in order to collect Medicare. That's wrong. Right. You don't. Uh, you still have to sign up for, for Medicare at age 65, but you do not have to sign up for Social Security unless you do the file and suspend strategy that I just mentioned. Right. Um, I had some people call the office after I first mentioned this thing about the common law marriage and application to Social Security. And I had some people speak to some of the people in my office and say, can you ask Ray Lance if this is really true? Can you do this? And I said, sure. Tell him to come in and we'll show him the actual regulation. I didn't have the regulation right in front of me at the time. I have it in the office. But I'd be happy to give anybody who's interested a copy of that one page that describes this and shows the exact regulation. You don't have to use my services. You can take it down to Social Security and say, can, can we do this? And they should tell you that, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. And if they're not familiar with the regulation, they should look it up for you. Mm -hmm. So um, back to Medicare briefly. And thanks for the questions, guys, because this is important stuff. I mean, this is how people either make more money or don't make more money. Um, it's that simple. Um, Medicare drug prescription is so important today. How do you pay for Medicare, first of all? Well, if you apply for Medicare at age 65, but you haven't applied for Social Security, then you're going to write a check every month for your Medicare. But once you actually start collecting Social Security, it will be deducted out of your Social Security check automatically. And there's a little bit of a time gap. Um, I just recently changed banks, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, Phil and Mike, and decided to have my Social Security check go to a different bank. And I signed up online. I did it online. And I did that just this past week, just a few days ago. And we're in October, and that will not become effective until my December check. So it takes a little time for these things to catch up and work. But if you have any questions about Social Security, if you have any questions about Medicare, you know, give us a call at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858, and we're happy to give you copies of information, answer questions, and more importantly, we have a number of software programs we can use that will show you the optimal time and method for collecting Social Security. But back to Medicare, um, it is a good program. We're going to really have to pay close attention to what our politicians are doing uh, over the next few weeks, couple of months 
And if it's anything like past history, they'll wait until the very last minute. They'll leave everybody nervous and concerned. Um, if they don't act, it will have a major negative impact on possibly as many as half of Medicare recipients and result in a further large increase. So if you, have, uh, if you want to have any impact on this at all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening today, send out a letter, a note, an email, a call to any of your congressmen, your United States senators, the president, and say, please don't raise my Medicare insurance. I can't afford it. And many, many people just really can't afford it. So, um, Mike, what's new in your world uh, in terms of things that are hot in the news? Do you have people asking you about what's happening in the economy? I guess they ask me more than that. Yeah, not too much. Than, people than come in and they want to do wills with us or trusts. And, you know, occasionally we'll get into that. But more it's just about basic estate planning, um, talking about maybe nursing homes, Medicaid, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a Japanese proverb that says, one kind word can warm three winter months. And I tell people all the time to look for doing something that you can do to be helpful to a church or a nonprofit organization or a temple or whatever the organization happens to be that you believe in. You know, I'm going to try to give a tip at the end of uh, every show that we do, as well as news in the economy at the beginning of the shows that we do. But I like to tell people all the time that, you know, set some goals for making a living and set some goals for making a difference in your life. I tell people constantly there's always something you can do to improve your life, to protect your family, to do something better. And there's also something you can do uh, every single day, every single week that would make a difference in a nonprofit or a charitable organization that you might want to support. And we've got elections coming up soon, municipal elections, and hopefully people are going to get involved in get out to vote. We have a very low turnout historically in the city. We've got important races coming up. And uh, get some energy in your life. Get out and do something that's going to be positive. But um, let's hope that these Medicare rates don't go up the way that we are anticipating right now and that our government actually does something to uh, support them. And um, Speaking of winter, I hope we have a, a warm winter. Okay. All right. Um, well, we're going we're gonna to talk about a couple of other things, including a few inspirational quotations that I like mm-hmm. to share once in a while. Uh, Maya Angelou, a world-famous, internationally famous poet, once said, they may forget your name, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And I like to operate in that kind of a philosophy. Mm-hmm. I think it's so critically important for people to take a few simple steps to do something to protect your family. And I've always told people coming into our office, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Mike, there's always something you can do to make a difference in people's lives. There's something you can do. I can show people every single day. I would like to examine your budget, look at your income sources, look at your expenses, look at your assets, and we can show you things that you can do that will make a difference in your financial life. Right, and we... You know, we see in the estate planning side of things, we see a lot of people who tend to procrastinate. And that's one of the reasons that people don't plan is that they just sort of put it off and put it off. And then when they come in and they do put a plan together, they always feel so much better about things. So that's really important. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why it is that people tend to procrastinate. Um, maybe we'll have to write a book on that someday. Mm. Maybe someday I'll get around to writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yep. No, actually, we are in the process of writing uh, a, a book series right now that I'll share more with the public as it goes along. We've got an actual outline uh, we've started to write, and we've got a little bit of a deadline and a schedule. But I think the way not to procrastinate is to take some simple steps. Well, coming back to the Medicare premiums, because I, I, I want to basically finish with a few more thoughts on this today as well. 30% of Medicare beneficiaries, 30% of you listening today who are receiving Medicare benefits um, are potentially looking at a significant increase in your benefits. You need to do something about it. Um, you don't want to do it. Um, one of the ways you can save cost is by going to your counsel on aging or a shine counselor. And by the way, we can provide phone numbers. If you want to call the office, we'd be happy to give you information and websites on how to link up with them. They do work on scheduled appointments, and this is their busy time of year right now. So you do need to make an appointment if you want to do that. But not everybody has to have um, Medicare. If you um, get health insurance, for example, uh, from an employer that has 20 or more employees, you can drop Part B and delay it while you're still working. I was going to ask you this before, but I know that sometimes there's some confusion about um, Part A and Part B. No, but give us a call or give Mike a call. Mike, what's your phone number? My phone number is 508-998-8800. And your website? It's lancelawinc.com. And also visit us at usawealthgroup.com. We do Twitter. We do a website. We're happy to give you lots of information. And um, I thank you, Michael, for being here this morning. Thank you. And Phil, I always appreciate your participating in our show. Ray, what you do for the community, it really is. It's a pleasure. Well, if you can't tell, we get excited about doing this, and it's exciting to teach people things that are going to be beneficial to them and their family. So thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.